0: I was fortunate enough to uh, be a project lead on um, a study that, or I I guess to back it up in season one, we wanted to know um, what fans thought of web three. Did they like it? What was their association between um, crypto and NFTs? Have they purchased any, do they own any crypto? Um, And we had, a lot of really interesting responses from a number of fan communities, both a little more crypto native and those who weren't. Um, so as an extension of that in season 1.5, we wanted to study uh, what the music industry was thinking about it. And that meant we, we got like a lot of responses, like close to 300, I think, um, somewhere between 250 and 300, I imagine. And nice. um a large subset of those people that we, uh, you know, uh, surveyed were artists themselves or people who had launched Web3 projects. And we asked them if they, for those who had launched a project, if they thought it was successful or if it wasn't. And I'll say it was really interesting to see that a number of people who had launched projects had considered it successful purely for the fact that it launched. Not because it was met with large fanfare or anything, but the act of getting your resources together and trying something new and experimenting was is was enough of a win for them. That said, on the other side, you had people where it failed miserably, um, where uh, according to what they thought um, or the response, a lot of people noted, uh, you know, fan backlash when it came to environmental concerns um, as, as really one of the big issues for experimenting in web three, maybe failing and then deciding not to touch it with a 10 foot pole for a long time until it becomes a more, uh, accepted form of, you know, community.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think that's, uh, that is a really, really interesting point that you just raised and it really does kind of, it's kind of dependent on the perspective that you have of success and what you want to do with your art. Right. Like, for example, where where Nick and I live, like we're artists, we're in a music project. We're very much kind of experimenting and on the forefront of like what's possible with these technologies. I I feel like we would fit more in the former camp of people that you describe like, For us, just getting involved with Web3 and putting things out there and, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, that to us is a success. Like, we're excited about those sort of things. But, like, you know, like, we, we literally live in the same building and we live across the street from, like, famous rappers. Like, people with big deals that, like, have tons of money and like, are always jet setting all over the world, right? And like, you know, we live with these people, we get to talk to them on a regular sort of human basis, not like that fan artist divide. And like, you have these conversations with people that you're like, the grass is so much greener on your side of the street, right? Like we want money, we wanna be touring uh, in some capacity. But then they'll be like, no, like, we're envious of what you guys are doing. You can do whatever you want. And, like, I think, you know, I guess to get to the question, um, how how do you sort of see, like, this evolution from moving from, like, Web 2 structures to a Web 3 space, like – for sort of people who are like, oh no, it failed in the launch, and like I'm gonna wait until it's more established, right? Like we were talking a couple weeks ago with uh, the team behind the Nina Protocol, and I asked them a question that like, you know, are you all worried that like, you know, Capital Records is gonna come in after you've put in this groundwork to build up this infrastructure? For something that actually works. And then they're just going to, you know, basically take it back to Web 2 or even before that to like, you know, the big box industry of like, you know, producing tons of records. Like, do, is that something that through your research and through the seminars that you've held, have you heard any concerns like that or any chatter of that sort of thing? maybe coming to fruition in the near future?
2: Um, yeah, and I would say more in, there's been a lot of chatter, but actually not that much concern, I don't think, but, but there's been a lot of discussion, especially thinking in the last couple of months. Um, every time I say this, it's just like blows my mind personally that like we are in this timeline, like Napster and LimeWire have like both relaunched as NFT platforms or like Web3 platforms. I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> Like, what reality are we in? So that's one. And and I mentioned LimeWire because they have an official licensing deal with Universal. And I think they're launching um, like collectible NFTs with a lot of their artists. Universal also... Quick insert. Oh, yes.
0: Is MoviePass next? <laughs> Did Let's you, go! Let's go! Uh, did you get that email yesterday? Relaunch. Web3. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my
1: god. <laughs> like and arcades oh god. and all of that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Sherry. Sure. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Yes, all the same spirit. Um, and then also Universal. Um, they signed, I guess, some avatars from the Bored Ape collection, and they launched like a virtual group called Kingship. And from the outside no one really knows quite what their strategy is because they have no music out yet i don't think but they have like a limited edition m M&M m box like m M&M candies so it's a very like it strikes me as a very um like top down branding approach to web3 which is um completely different from how i understand like most of the other activity that's happening in the music web3 ecosystem which is like what people like Mina are doing um, on in the Ethereum ecosystem, what people like catalog and sound are doing, um, which is uh, mostly, uh, yeah, like building from the ground up, working with artists who either have never released music before or otherwise would be like marginalized or kind of dismissed by the traditional ecosystem and like have a very different approach to branding, to to licensing, like they want to have much more flexible approach, a much more flexible approach to having people like remix their work. Um, they're not as interested in like the pursuit of, um, in the pursuit of scale. So I really, for now, I see those two worlds and like the outcomes in terms of the tools that are built and like a target artist audience is like very separate. Um, that said, I do think like, you know, for the end of this year, the other will be an inflection point, um, in terms of like rights and major rights holders realize realizing how much money is going into web three and like trying to do a very traditional like dmca takedown or season and desist kind of thing so like um open scenes that is huge issue with this already not just in music but like with nfts at large i think 80 um, percent around 80 percent of the mints that were happening on their platform so they have like an nft minting like tool that you can use 80 percent of those as of a couple months ago were um, fraudulent or were like scams and they, and I I was surprised and glad that they had reported that number themselves. They're like, we, as a company that has raised, like, I think over a billion dollars, like we cannot like have this happening. And so we like, and they are like one of the few NFT platforms. That's like, I think working very closely with policymakers and law enforcement to try to figure out what kind of like copyright licensing framework makes sense for them. Um, and uh, and then in the music world, hopefully this isn't too like industry insider-y, but um, Decentraland, which is a like blockchain-powered virtual world platform. Um, pretty still pretty clunky, but like a lot of artists do use it to like build their own venues and host social events. Um they they rec- their DAO recently held a vote on whether they should get a license from a performing rights organization from like SoCan specifically to like have music play in um, their venues. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the vote uh, was no, like we should not get one. I'm also pretty sure that's like not how the law works, unfortunately. <laughs> like if if there are like statutory rates for, or if there are like rates that are determined, at least, and I guess this is territory by territory, but the US, you know, um, the law states that. Like if you're playing music in a certain way, you owe X, Y, Z people royalties and like, you can't really skirt around that. So I think there are, there'll be more instances of that, of people, as people try to grow, uh, I guess their brands of music and monthly, they're going to come up against very traditional, like decades old systems around copyright, around licensing that are just incompatible with uh web3 at the moment or with blockchain or just don't map well onto it so like as a startup founder you um either like burn a lot of money trying to deal with that or you try to build a whole new ecosystem over here like working with artists who are not part of that world so so it's yeah there'll be more of those like tension points but for now um it just seems like the the platforms that are doing the most interesting things are not really dealing with things like rights for that reason. Like, they're interested in building entirely new kinds of markets around music, around community building um, and, and fandom as well.
0: Far Off Sounds is a completely community-supported effort to tell the infinite story of music on Earth. If you'd like to help us continue telling that story, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash faroffsounds, where you can hear the rest of this and all the rest of our episodes in full.